Welcome to the IBSI Views podcast. This is Gaia Lamperti, and today we're joined by Caleb Sheridan, co-developer at Eden Network, which is a priority transaction network for Ethereum. Hi, Caleb. How are you today? Hi, it's great to be here. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. So, Caleb, before we kick off, could you help us set the scene for our listeners and explain how transactions are processed on the Ethereum network? Yeah, of course. We're seeing Ethereum settle billions of dollars of trades per year. And you know, the, the ecosystem for Ethereum is quickly forming around this notion of decentralized finance and decentralized applications where traders and, and DeFi users are either speculating on the prices of cryptocurrency uh, by trading tokens uh, or investing in, in DeFi platforms to earn yield. Um, and, and what we're seeing is that this, this has kind of taken off in the past uh, year and a half or two years, uh, and, and it's led to Ethereum being a very, very significant transaction settling network. So before we get into the details of what, what impacts this is having, uh, the Ethereum network is settling trades in an extremely exact order. Uh, and, and Ethereum always settles one trade at a time. So it's a sequential network where exactly one transaction is being processed and executed at a time. Uh, this leads to kind of some of the scaling issues that we've seen and that we can get into. But the order is actually determined by miners today. And what's happening is users are submitting trades. These trades end up in a public waiting pool. Uh, and the miners pick the most profitable trades to include in what are called blocks. And they uh, form those blocks and execute the trades and transactions in a very specific manner. So we're seeing an extreme amount of uh, increase in activity uh, and trade settlement on the Ethereum network. And what, what this kind of enables is that um, uh, miners in this case are, are maybe the biggest winners this year because they're getting an extreme amount of kind of transaction fees uh, and other value out of determining the order of trades. So the Ethereum miners in this case have this very unique role that allows them to extract value from trades uh, and settle trades and, and uh, even earn kind of some additional yield. So, you know, the way that mining works is there are network emissions where miners earn uh, Ethereum for every block that they include, that includes uh, transactions. Uh, they also get a fee from every transaction that they include in their blocks, which are paid by users. Uh, and then they get any additional value from forming blocks. And what we've seen over the past uh, maybe 18 months is that there's a tremendous amount of additional value to get out of ordering trades. Uh, and, and this is the value that you know, we're, we're focused on and this is the kind of use case that we're focused on at, at the Eden Network. Absolutely. Thank you for that intro. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you were referring to the minor extractable value, which is sometimes quite a, a difficult value to determine. And there's some sort of discrepancy depending on the way it is calculated. And I know that there are some challenges associated with it. Is that correct? That's exactly right. There's um, there are a number of challenges kind of with minor extractable value, and and what happens is, 
that the miners who are determining the order of these trades can actually inject their own transactions uh, into the blocks that they're forming. And, and what ends up happening is that individual users on the Ethereum network and individual transactors on the Ethereum network are targeted. And so the most kind of infamous form of this targeting is something called a sandwich attack, where an MEV agent uh, you know, puts a buy transaction for a specific asset in front of a trader's real transaction. Uh, the trader will will buy the transaction, buy the asset, uh, making the price of the asset go up, uh, and then the MEV agent will will sell the asset on the back of that transaction. And so this is a so-called sandwich attack because uh, the user gets a slightly worse price execution, uh, and and the sandwich attacker in this case makes a little bit of money. So for Ethereum traders, this is a situation of kind of death by a thousand paper cuts. And what we've seen is that just in this one type of uh, kind of attack, uh, malicious bots are extracting an immense amount of value from trades. So last year, uh, traders lost over $250 million from the, this type of attack. Uh, and the real challenge behind this uh, is that what, what's happening with uh, many traders is that they're submitting their trades to a public transaction pool where they're waiting to be processed and executed and mined. And within this public transaction pool, uh, malicious bots are, are kind of injecting their own transactions and, and affecting the ordering of blocks to make sure that, that they can carry out this attack. What the Eden Network is, is successfully accomplishing is helping traders get better price execution by submitting their trades to a more private uh, transaction pool and waiting pool. And so these trades avoid going into the public transaction pool where they're abused uh, to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And in this case, kind of in the spirit of uh, next generation web apps, the Eden Network actually pays those value creators uh, who are submitting these trades. Uh, and so instead of being abused, you know, for the first time, traders can get paid to trade and get better price execution along the way. Uh, there's really nothing like it on the market. So what we've identified is that it's possible to align incentives between miners, traders uh, in, in the network and actually you know, create an uh, ecosystem where uh, traders can avoid uh, this kind of notion of uh, being attacked inside of the public transaction pool uh, and, and submit their trades privately. And th this is a you know, very important concept for uh, Ethereum to grow because in a lot of cases, these decentralized applications are not built to protect the users. Uh, and so this is an option for Ethereum users and Ethereum traders who need to get the best price execution possible to, to not get abused in, in the public waiting pool. So we're working uh, on aligning incentives between traders and, and miners uh, in this tune and, and essentially trying to cut out some of the bots that sit in the middle. Sure, that's so interesting. Yes, and of course, transactions on Ethereum are a fascinating process, but it's also clear from what you're saying that they can also be complicated and there can be difficult issues to be addressed. So I was wondering, how does Eden Network handle them and maybe you could also share with us some figures about the network in terms of user base and transactions processed. Sure. We have uh, about 40% of the Ethereum hash rate opted in to the Eden network. 
this allows uh, Eden Network users to submit transactions for free to the network uh, and, and have them protected. Uh, more recently, we've increased the effective hash rate uh, by creating something called the Rocket RPC, uh, which prioritizes speed, uh, slightly prioritizes speed over uh, transaction uh, protection. And so in exchange for some security guarantees, we have a much faster way to submit these uh, trades on chain. And this is absolutely the best way to submit transactions on Ethereum today. So the, the, the hash rate that we have uh, is very strong and it's been a you know, real uh, point of uh, pride for us over the past uh, few months since launching in August. Uh, sec securing 40% of the Ethereum network is no small feat and requires kind of continuous uh, development and maintenance of our custom um, Ethereum client, which, which orders trades and handles trades uh, according to the rules of the Eden network. Uh, there's really nothing quite like it on the market, uh, like I said. And, and you know what, what it means is um, users have an option of how they submit their trades. And right now we're in we're at the exact forefront of uh, this this kind of revolution and next generation of trade handling. Uh, so what we're seeing now for the first time ever is we can actually pay for this priority uh, trade execution and, and we can uh, pay for order flow. And so this is a, a first of its kind on Ethereum. It's certainly how we see the future of the network going. Uh, so one of the you know drawbacks, if I'm honest, is that uh, what this can lead to is censorship, because if everybody is submitting trades through private transaction pools and, and things like that, uh, there can be a case where the private transaction pool themselves censor transactions that uh, they don't like or don't want. Uh, in this case, we're very proud to see that uh, Ethereum is, is moving towards a model where uh, we can retain these uh, next generation transaction handling techniques and we can retain these uh, block formation techniques um, while the base layer of Ethereum and the base network of Ethereum uh, retains its censorship resistance. So the idea is if you want these features of kind of next generation transaction handling, you can submit to a network like the Eden network. Uh, but if you, you know, value censorship resistance uh, and, and truly being able to always submit uh, transactions in, into the decentralized network, uh, you, you can always go to the kind of the public uh, transaction pool and the public waiting pool. Um, so th this is kind of what we're seeing and, and this proposal uh, and this research is called uh, pr proposer builder separation, uh, which is diving into the weeds a little bit, uh, but, but what it essentially allows for is even better uh, and even you know, an evolved transaction handling in, in the future. And so we think that the future of the multiple ways of handling transactions uh, going forward is just getting brighter uh, and, and leading to just a, a much better user experience on the Ethereum blockchain. Of course, of course. I'm glad you mentioned Outlooks for the future um, because I was just going to ask you what a new era of Ethereum, Ether 2.0, will mean for the industry and more specifically for Eden network itself? Yeah, Ethereum is moving towards uh, a proof of stake consensus model. Uh, and, you know, what, what this means really is that today we're in proof of work, uh, which is criticized for being wasteful because 
miners essentially run mining clients which burn electricity uh, to solve uh, some, some kind of math problem, basically to to prove that um, they're expending energy to to to, to produce blocks. Uh, what will change in Ethereum 2.0 is uh, the consensus mechanism. So it will change from requiring a, a proof of work where you have a, a certain level of computing power uh, to produce blocks, and it will go to a proof of stake model. The proof of stake model. Uh, does not require kind of burning electricity, uh, you know, as much electricity for no reason, uh, and, and so um, it's it's a it's a it's a less criticized model for for that reason. Uh, fundamentally, you know, the the same concepts apply, and and just maybe terminology changes. Uh, so what will change is uh, miners will no longer uh, be producing the blocks. Instead, it will be validators who produce the blocks. And each validator will stake a certain amount of Ethereum, where if they misbehave on the network or don't produce valid blocks or whatever the case is, uh, they can actually be slashed. So there's an economic bond involved in being a validator. Uh, and in exchange for being a validator, validators can earn yield on their stake. And, and they earn yield in the exact same way as miners today. So there will be some network emissions, there will be transaction fees from the network uh, users. And there will be some additional value from forming blocks or MEV. Uh, in this case, it'll be kind of maybe validator extractable value. So we're still going to see yield form the same way. It's going to rely on transactions, block wording, and network rewards. Uh, and Ethereum validators will still have that same very specific role in the network uh, to order trades. Uh, and we'll be helping them along uh, as Ethereum 2.0 launches. Uh, I think one more point about Ethereum 2.0 is that it paves the way for a real scaling solution. And today we see extremely high value accounts doing most of the trading on the network. These are wallets and, and accounts on the network with you know, a significant amount of wealth where only you know, people with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars per transaction uh, can afford the transaction fees in, in a realistic manner. Uh, in the future, Ethereum 2.0 uh, paves the way for additional scaling solutions, uh, which give a lot more opportunity for those with less money to use the network in a cost-efficient way. So we see that uh, Ethereum's popularity has, has grown and boomed, uh, but, but it also has trouble scaling because it means that only the you know, richest actors on the network can use the network. Uh, we believe that in the future, you know, and, and this year even, we'll start to see some of the first scaling solutions uh, achieve product market fit. Uh, it, it means that the uses, usage for the network uh, opens up to a much wider audience. Uh, we're excited to see Ethereum grow. We're, we're here to grow with Ethereum to give everybody the, the transaction handling options that, that they want. Uh, and so all of this is very, very good news. Uh, for Ethereum and, and, and for us at the Eden Network. It's great to hear, Caleb, and it absolutely sounds like a favor, a more sustainable system. Um, so I'm very glad that this is the direction the network is taking. But I also imagine that, like with everything, ETA 2.0 will not be the solution to everything, and there will still be some underlying difficulties that will have to be addressed over the years. 
So I was wondering if you have some personal takes on these and maybe a few words of advice to the community, to the participants of the network on how they could work towards the success of Ether 2.0. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I believe that there's certainly a risk involved in a delivery timeline. Today, Ethereum 2.0 is uh, has eight different clients that will be supporting the network. And what we'll see is a lot of uh, economically kind of irrational uh, decision-making about how to derive, uh, how to stake Ether, how to be a validator, uh, how to derive yield. Uh, I think initially this is very important and client diversity is very important for the network. Uh, and over time, we'll see some winners coming out of that category. And so I think that the risk management of participating as an early participant in ETH2 is very important, uh, especially with ETH2. Um, once, once staking funds go into a validator, uh, there is no withdrawal mechanism yet. And so ETH2 will launch with uh, completely locked stake and validators. And, and so it creates an even riskier uh, kind of transition where uh, if anything goes wrong with the validation or key management or anything like that uh, for these funds, they could be lost or locked forever. I, I think that we'll see a lot of client teams coming together this year. By nature, this software development is very, very difficult. Uh, the current timeline is still Q2 2022, uh, so in the next five or six months, it, it may change. Uh, but I would encourage everybody to kind of understand the risks of participating in uh, the early network switchover uh, and what's being titled as, as the merge right now. Great. Well, thank you so much, Caleb Sheridan, co-developer at Eden Network. It was a pleasure to chat with you about the future of Ethereum. And thank you again for your time today. Thank you.